welcome to the third episode of Insight, a podcast from the Judson Independent School District. Each month, we'll use this platform to not only inform our community, but also tell the stories from people across the Judson ISD family. In this episode, we'll talk to Megan Blackledge, the librarian at Park Village Elementary School. We'll talk about celebrating Black History Month, representation in the classroom, and how important it is for our students of color to feel seen. I didn't realize how much of a struggle it was going to be until um, until I was done with my doctorate mm-hmm. and until I've been out of the classroom for a minute. Mm-hmm. And then um, this goes legit back, this goes back to what I think this month is all about. Mm-hmm. And I actually was thinking about the questions I was going to ask you today. I don't think I could have been as successful mm-hmm. at a Northside school. I agree. I think I that agree. I was incredibly successful and had amazing kids because mm-hmm. I was at Judson mm-hmm. because of how diverse Judson is. Right. I never had a recruitment problem. Mm-hmm. I never had a classroom discipline problem. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it had to do with I was a brown man. Right. Um, and they could relate to you. And they and totally relatable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, I, I know for a fact because mm-hmm. students said that. Right. Where I knew I could talk to you. Right. Yeah, right. and there was an there was just an understanding. Yes, yes. And I and and I think that our students, mm-hmm. especially our students of color, mm-hmm. need to see someone that looks like them at the front of the room. Yes. Now, you're a black librarian. Yes, it's not many of us. Not many. Of Where us. do you see your role in education? There's there's not that many. Black teachers, period. Right, right. Aside yeah. from black librarians. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, it, so when we were talking about, okay, I want to do something for Black History Month. Mm-hmm. I, I, you were the first person to come to mind, just because you're like a unicorn, right? In right. your discipline, you're a unicorn, right? Right. How does it, is that is that heavy? It's heavy. It is heavy. And you know what? Even when I was a kid, I didn't see. I didn't see me. I didn't see a lot of me. Um, but I had good representation at home too. My mom mm-hmm. was a teacher. Mm-hmm. I had aunts who were teachers. I had a, a, a uncle who was a doctor. I had an aunt who was a nurse. So I had good representation. I was blessed to have good representation. But once I finished school and I went into education, I really noticed that a lot of these kids didn't have what I had. Mm-hmm. So I had to be that for them. Yeah. I had to be their representation. I had to be the person that they looked at and said, I want to be that. I want to do that. So talk about your schooling. Where'd you go to, where'd you go to high school? I went to Sam Houston High School. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Speaking of representation, <laughs> there's a history at Sam yeah, Houston High School. It is a history. But you know what? I heard that history, but going to Sam, I didn't really have, I mean, I had the experience, but not really because I had those good teachers. I had those good representation teachers. So, okay, so then, and I think that you can understand the question I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Were you, when you were at Sam, was it ever told to you to be different? No. Or, were, or was it just? No. No. It was just, you were just at a high school. You weren't at, at a, a historic, you weren't at a historically black high no, school. I was, you were no, just at a high school. I was just at a high school. I was just at a high school. And I had, like I said, I had those representations, those, um, black teachers, black administrators that, you know, that was really on us about to be better, to be better, to do better better because you know better. Yeah. You know better. 
you know better. And, and I don't think a lot of people know the history of Sam Houston. Like, yeah. yeah. Besides the fact that it's on historically the east side of town, mm-hmm. it is a predominantly black school. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when they were starting, they were having conversations about which schools to close in SAISD, mm-hmm. and like. Don't touch Sam Houston. Don't touch it. Yeah. Don't touch Sam Houston. No. There's a, there's a pride there. Yes. There's not yes. A, not only a pride at the school, but there's a pride in that community. Yeah. Because Sam Houston is Sam Houston. Sam Houston High School. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And where'd you go to college? I went to for my bachelor's. I went to Texas State University. You graduate? Yes. When did you graduate? Uh, 2005. Okay. And so after that, I went into teaching. Um, taught for a little bit. What'd you teach? Uh, I taught kinder, I taught first, I taught second, and then I thought, you know what, I want to go back to school. My aunt always told me, go back to school, get your master's. And once I got out of school, I was like, no, I don't want to get out of school. Yeah. I'm done with school. Yeah. But that that push that you can do better, you're going to do better. I want you to go back to school. And I, I finally felt that in my heart. And I went back to school and I got my master's in uh, school counseling. Okay. And so uh, from where? I got it from Angelo State. Okay. Uh, came out of Angelo State and taught for a little bit, and I thought, you know what, I'm not going to be a counselor yet, but, you know, I'm I'm keep doing this teaching thing, but something told me, you know what, I want to be a school librarian. And so I applied, I got in, and a couple of years later, finally got my postgraduate in uh, school librarianship. So been a librarian since 2015. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. I know you, but I didn't know your. I didn't know your story. Like yeah. that's yeah. Okay, so when did you start? Is this your first school that you've been a librarian at? No. Where have you been a librarian at? Um, mostly SAISD school, of course. Okay. Um, I have been a librarian at what's called Austin Academy. I've been a librarian at Cameron Elementary School at Washington because in SAISD sometimes you're you you have two schools. Mm-hmm. Um. I have been a counselor, not a counselor, I'm sorry, a librarian at uh, Wilson Elementary School. Okay. Um, a few. I've been a, uh, a librarian at a few What schools. year in education is this for you? This is what, my eight, not 18th? 18th year? 18th? Golly. <laughs> I always think about like when people say they've been in education for 20 years, for uh-huh. 25 years, for 30 years. Uh-huh. This is my 13th. I can't see that. Uh-huh. I can't see. Yeah. A two, or I can't. I, I I can't. You can't see it. I can't. Really? No. But yeah. I love it. Yes. Like just the just. Yes. Especially after my work at Judson High School, and now my work at the collegiate level. Like uh-huh. you have something. That I, I have something I want to build, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is I want to be that person to build it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially being a person of color, and especially mm-hmm. in my discipline, there's not many of us. Mm-hmm at all mm-hmm. and that's why i asked you that question mm-hmm. so like in the journalism world um i remember a couple of years ago all of us all of the prominent known ones i guess you want to say we all got the same shirt uh-huh. and then a publisher created a poster that says i love journalists mm-hmm. um and these the poster got bigger and bigger and bigger and i still have that poster and when i look at that poster mm-hmm. There's only two men of color wow. across the entire country. Wow. Yeah. And it's me and it's my friend Sergio in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And I look at that poster and I'm just like, okay, this is one, this is a problem. Right. Right. But this is also why I need to stay in the industry. Yes. Why I need to stay in the discipline. Yes. So 
in that in that vein, when you go to the the conventions and when you go to meet other one other mm-hmm. librarians, like I'm assuming you don't see many of you. I don't. I don't. I don't see many. How does that feel? Like is like is it is it do you do you feel like it's a problem? Is it a burden? Do you feel like you need to be that person? That's how I feel. I feel like it's a push. It's it gives me motivation to be that Mm -hmm. for my students because as you can see here at Park Village, we have a majority Hispanic and African American students. So. Like I said, when I was, even when I was growing up, I didn't see me in the library. So to be that for them in this day and age, is, is, it's a push for me. It's a motivation for me. I love to see girls go, Miss Blackledge, you got hair like mine. Miss Blackledge, you got skin like mine. Or Miss Blackledge, look at this book. You know, this, this looks like me. You know, and I, I really, when I pick books, not only do I pick books because the kids like them, but because I want them to see themselves on a cover. You know, Mm -hmm. I want them to open a book and go, that looks like me. You know, that girl looks like me. That guy looks like me. I want to pick up that book because that guy looks like me or that girl looks like me. Because I was the same way. You know, like even in media, you talk about media. My goodness, You're going to open up a box for me. Even in media, you know, I, I think about like the Cosby show or Different World. Different World was the reason why I wanted to go to college. One of the reasons. I wanted to go to college because I saw them on TV and I saw them getting an education. So media is a is a big push, you know. Um, seeing yourself is a big push to go. I want to be like that. I want to be like her. So I hope that you have you have kind of had those moments, mm-hmm. and I think this is the perfect time to reflect. Mm-hmm. Do you think about what your hair, your mm-hmm. skin color is going to do for that kid. Mm-hmm. Do you think about, okay, I'm going to get this book and it has a, a black character on the cover. Mm-hmm. Do you think, okay, I'm not picking this book just for representation. Mm-hmm. I'm picking this book because a kid's going to read it and now their life's going to change. Do you That's, think about that? I do think about that. I do think about that. I really do. I really do. And I, and I wonder if I, it's so purposeful mm-hmm. sometimes, mm-hmm. but I don't even reflect that much sometimes on it. I just kind of just do. Yeah. I'm just a journalism teacher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And until somebody comes to me and says, you know that you're like one of the only X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, well, dang. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and then you start to think about like, yeah. you're changing these lives of these kids you are. by just being. Yes. Yes. And you even know it sometimes. You don't even know it. And to, like I said, to you have that kid. you have that conversation for that kid? Yeah. How has your place here uh, been for your community? I think it's it's been good. Because clearly you've you've impacted the kids just Mm -hmm. because, not just you're a great librarian, but you are a great black librarian. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that impact in your parents as well? I think so. I think so. When they... Maybe when they see me, they may be surprised because like me, they didn't see themselves in the library. There was no really any black librarian. So for them to see me, it's like, oh, okay, Miss Blackledge, all right. Black librarian for my kid is going to a black librarian to pick books. Awesome. I love that. I love that. Oh my God. I love that for my child. And I love that you're, you're, 
like I said, you're you're making a change and you're being doing something great by just being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And until somebody maybe puts a spotlight on it, mm-hmm. I think that's super important. But you're also making sure that your kids are being seen. Yes, I want them to be seen. Well, so tell me about that. Tell me about the importance of making sure your students are being seen. And you mentioned it earlier in the media, but like maybe talk about a book. You talk about the Cosby Show, talk about media, talk about something specific, maybe in this generation that's important for you to bring into your library. Well, it is Black History Month. It's Black History Month, which is, to me, 365 days. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely correct. 365 days. So uh, for sure, I want to make sure my students see that because we stand on huge shoulders, huge shoulders. I stand on huge shoulders. And so I want my students to know who those, you know, those ancestors are, who those important people are, because sometimes they don't know. Mm-hmm. They don't know the, the struggle. They don't know, you know, maybe where they came from mm-hmm. and know the important people that we stand on. They may not know that. So for you, Ms. Bradford, mm-hmm. who are those people? I have to tell you, I don't fan out a lot, but I love Barack Obama. I love Michelle Obama. And the reason is because even in my lifetime, I, my mom used to always say, I never thought, you know, I see a black president. My grandma cried when Obama became president. But to actually see that and live in that. Okay, so two, I'm going to take okay. this into two questions. Okay. Do you remember when? When he became president, do you remember the inauguration day? Do you yes. re- I mean, not our election day. I remember. When he was announced. Tell me, tell me, uh, tell me what was going through your head. Pride. My, my story is ridiculous, but tell me. It yeah. was so, so much pride to see him walk out with his family and his two daughters. Oh my God, I cried. I cried because I felt so much pride because again, they look like me. I remember. 2000, 2008 mm-hmm. in college. Mm-hmm. And I've always been a journalism nerd, always been aware. Mm-hmm. And that night, mm-hmm. me and a group of friends were just like, let's see it together. Mm-hmm. We, we all, going up to the, like, we all knew it was going to happen. It yeah. was just, we were waiting for that. We, we were waiting, right? Yeah. So I was at Texas State at the time, mm-hmm. and I drove up to Austin, and uh, we were watching it at my friend's apartment in Austin. Um, and they announced it, mm-hmm. and it was just like you said, surreal. Yeah, it didn't feel real. It didn't it feel did real. This was like this is happening, right? Like, yes. And it's now one of those moments that one. Do you remember where you were when? Mm-hmm. So it's like you do. Do you remember where you were during nine eleven? Do you yes. remember where you were when Michael Jackson died? Uh huh. Do you remember where you were when Barack Obama was announced as president? Was announced as president. I was at home in the bed. But I stayed up. I stayed up just to see those numbers, just to see him and his family walk out. I remember being in my bed, waiting up for them to finally say, Barack Obama is officially, yeah. you know, the president. I remember that. So what do you, so on the second part of that, what do you think it was for like your mom and your grandma? And I think it was unreal for them. I think it was unreal for them because for so long, you didn't see it. Mm-hmm. For so long, you know, I think about my grandmother during the time, and and my mom. She went to a segregated, you know, like mm-hmm. she things happened to her even at her age, you know. And 
for them, it was unreal for them because the dream was possible now. Yeah. It was possible. And now they can tell their kids, hey, look, look, you know, mm-hmm. Barack Obama's the president. You're going to cry. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I'm not but it was. I know. I, I, I think about it now. I'm like, you know, that feeling comes back. So I always in my in my 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 introduction to journalism class, we talk about the history of journalism, mm-hmm. and I always bring up that it's it's one of those things where it the end of it changes because mm-hmm. big events are still happening. Yeah. And I show my students. Um. When he was announced in 2008, mm-hmm. and how Chicago Millennium Park looked, mm-hmm. there was a million people yes. celebrating. Yes. And politics aside, mm-hmm. um, I think it was just the aha moment. Yes. Like this is happening. This is happening. Yeah. And now we have students mm-hmm. who can say they have lived in a life where there was an African uh, African American president. president. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at some point, we were we like. Yeah. That wasn't going to be the case, yeah. you know? But even seeing, like, I, I remember seeing, like, Jesse Jackson in the crowd. Yeah, crying, yeah, 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 yeah. Crying, but, for, you know, it made me feel good for them, you know, like I said, because they lived during a time that they didn't think it was possible. Yeah. So who, so in terms of media, mm-hmm. who in the media, so that's a, that's a politician, mm-hmm. great, great yeah. example. In terms of media, who do you look at? Celebrities, who do you like? Oh, like they're a good representation. Oprah Winfrey, I love Oprah Winfrey. Why? Why her? Because she she made this simple talk show and made it into this big empire, this mm-hmm. big network. And I think that's possible. Being a a woman and then being a black woman on top of that, I'm sure she had obstacles, but she was able to, you know. Ride the wave all the way. Ride the wave through that. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think about, especially Latino, mm-hmm. um, I think of Joaquin Castro mm-hmm. for me. Very good. Um, for for the city of San Antonio, mm-hmm. um, I just I, I wish. So I actually was talking about this in my in my uh, communications class. Mm-hmm. Um, just recently, and I say recently in the last uh, a couple of years, mm-hmm. the term Afro-Latino has mm-hmm. become very much mm-hmm. a more of a mainstream word. Mm-hmm. And an Afro-Latino is somebody who has Black ancestry, Black genes, Black right. genetics, right. but their ethnicity is, is Hispanic. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, a lot of Cubans mm-hmm. who genetically are Black, mm-hmm. but but... Uh, they circle Hispanic or mm-hmm. whatever, for, or Latino or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's an issue there because you don't necessarily know where you belong. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. are you, you are you Latino mm-hmm. or Latino enough, mm-hmm. or you're black, mm-hmm. or are you black enough? Mm-hmm. Because you're kind of like in the middle. Mm-hmm. And that's always been a struggle for a lot of Latino, for Latinos, and especially now. And and my biggest thing is I don't know Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know enough to get by, but I'm not fluent in it. Right. Um. So. There's a lack of cultural identity there, but I'm trying to figure what that figure looks out. like. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So then you think about you think about how many of us have degrees. Mm-hmm. How many of the how many of the U.S. population has bachelor's degrees? Very few. Very few. Yeah. How many of us have master's degrees? Very few. Very few. Mm-hmm. 
how many of those master's degrees are people of color? It gets yeah. smaller yeah. and smaller yeah. and smaller yeah. and smaller. And that's why I went for my doctorate mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. that was a big push because mm -hmm. I wanted to be a, a, a person of color with mm -hmm. a, a doctorate, doctorate of education. Mm -hmm. And I'm like a unicorn mm -hmm. kind of thing. Wh why do you think it's important, especially for our students of color, to push through to get their education? I think it's important because you know what? You need it. You need it. You need it for the jobs that you're going to get. It, it's funny, though, because now they have jobs where you don't really necessarily Like a trade job, yeah. yeah. And luckily, Judson is at a, is at a place career-wise where, or, or academic-wise, where there are so many of our high schools have mm -hmm. CAPE programs yeah. for yeah. students who are like, I'm not going to go to college, but I need to know a trade. Right. Right. And a lot of those trades pay really, really well. They do. They do. Yeah. yeah but you, you definitely need it. And then I think sometimes being African-American with an education makes you stand out a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. it's harder. to. Sometimes it's hard to get jobs when you're, you're African-American because they see the ex... I'm not saying all jobs, but they see the exterior and they mm -hmm. may have a stereotype about that exterior. But... With an education, you can walk in, and that's kind of like your extra superpower. Yeah. To, when you have an education. So let's connect the two. We have, we have people of color. We mm -hmm. have education. Mm -hmm. Our superintendent, mm -hmm. the it's black male. African American. And I have to say, this is my second year in Justin. And when I saw Dr. Fields, I was like, man, that was, that was for me. I was like excited about that. that so awesome. what do you think? Something like that says. Not just for our community, but also for our young men in our community. That is that the, that the person that leads the district is a black male. I think it says that I can do that too. Mm. I can do that too. If I go and finish school and get my education, I can do that too. I can do that. I want to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to push to do that. Mm -hmm. That's what it tells me. So February is Black History Month. Mm -hmm. um, historically, uh, a lot of schools do something. Tell me about some things that you guys either may be doing this year or have been in the past to okay. kind of spotlight okay. uh, not only Black History Month, but, but, but successful people of color across the country, even across the world. Well, last year we did a, a Black History program where we tied literacy and um, Black history. So in the library, um, we read books about uh, famous African-American heroes. And they did an activity that went along with it. And so the night of our literacy night, we showcased all of the kids' projects. Um, we had like art projects. We had uh, technology projects. We had all different types of projects. And we also included uh, having music as well. So that, that's definitely one thing that we've done. Tell me about that night. Like, how did it come together? How did oh it... Oh, my God. It took a lot of people. It sure including did. Yourself, <laughs> including yourself. We thank you for helping us with that, of course. But it, it took a lot of people, um, again, uh, tying in the music and doing research. The kids had to do research, so it took the teachers as well uh, to show the students, how do you do research? Who is this person? What are they about? Why do you want to research them? Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, it took uh, me, of course, also to, you know, present them with books, um, give them information about our African-American heroes. And it was funny because, like I said, a lot of them, they didn't know, mm -hmm. like, um, 
Garrett Morgan, the kids they didn't they didn't know who Garrett Morgan was. So it was it was exciting for them to learn that, oh my God, these inventions that we have now, an African American person, they're the ones that invented it. My ignorance so I, I'm a I'm an avid watcher of the view in my mm -hmm. ignorance. Oh, yeah. Like I think two or three years ago, I just found out that the GPS mm -hmm. on our phones was invented by a African American woman, and I'm just like, well, mm -hmm. like it's it's mm -hmm. it's it's nice that, um, with all re all due respect, it's nice and because that Black History Month hasn't been as mainstream, right? Right. It's always right. been very culturally celebrated mm -hmm. by neighborhoods or, mm -hmm. or communities, kind of thing. Now you just have massive organizations for mm -hmm. for good and bad because it can be clicked there for whatever reason mm -hmm. but massive organizations that are making sure that they just not only spot a spotlight black successful people mm -hmm. but they're also putting it in terms of their branding for the month in right. terms of just yes. splashing it and just putting it everywhere mm -hmm. but for all the great reasons mm -hmm. of what it's supposed to be right right um i think times are very much changing that we we celebrate Black History Month. We celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. Mm -hmm. We celebrate Pride mm -hmm. on a on a level where it's big. Mm -hmm. So the podcast is called Insight, mm -hmm. and um, what I want to do at the end of every of every episode is give our our, our guest a chance to give our listeners some insight into what they do. So I, I always ask, what is something that you want our community to know, not just about Black History Month, mm -hmm. but about how you run your library here at Park Village? I would say I am a curator of literacy. And I say that because we have so many students that come in here and, you know, they don't they don't know what they want to read or, you know, they may have an idea. I am that extra person that goes, hey, you want to check this out? Look, this book has this, this book has that. Let me read you this book. You might be interested in this book. So I, I believe that I am a curator of books. I am that extra resource for them and their teachers uh, to come in. And I, 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 I'm the, the helper. I'm the heart of the school is what I put. The library is the heart of the school because I see everybody from the teachers, from pre-K all the way to fifth grade. So... I'm that extra insight. I'm that extra resource for them. Do you ever think that you're changing lives every day? I do. I think in education, we all are. We're changing lives, for sure. For sure, for sure. Being in education, you touch somebody every day. You're inspiring somebody every day, even when you don't know it. You're amazing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're amazing. I love talking to you.